0: It, it seems to me that there, it, the movement that we're seeing that is antithetical to Jesus, uh, to his compassion, and to his generosity, that seems to be a movement that's coming largely from professed followers of Jesus.
1: All righty. Welcome in, boys and girls. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, I did it again, didn't I? Sorry. Oh. Welcome in, kiddos. Yeah, right. Kiddos, yeah. kids. <laughs> the yeah, the all all-inclusive inclusive kiddos. kiddos. Um, this is uh, yeah. your favorite uh, <laughs> weekly podcast, uh, Alabama politics. This week, yeah. Josh Moon and
2: David Person.
1: So, we might have a couple of things to talk about, <laughs> or just one. You know, just really.
2: maybe, just maybe. Um,
1: yeah. So it's been a pretty wild week in Montgomery. Um, and, uh, yeah. I know I no longer live in Montgomery, but I have many, many friends who are, are still there. I still, uh, talk, uh, fairly often with a number of people who are involved in both state and city government that live in, in Montgomery that are heavily invested in the political scene down there. And, um, uh, So it's been a really interesting week for them and for me, uh, following all of it. Uh, and if uh, for somehow or another you've, you're on a politics podcast and don't know the story, I, which I find that hard to believe, um, there were recordings released on Sunday of uh, Montgomery Mayor Stephen Reed saying some very controversial things. Let's put it that way. Very controversial things and saying them in a very controversial way. Uh, Not a very... I guess I guess the, the best way to put it is not a very mayor-like uh, way that he, he said these things, uh, even if you
0: a, whole lot of cussing <laughs> yeah, yeah. a And lot.
1: even if you discount the cussing, it was still not necessarily presented in a fashion that I think most people would say was professional uh you know even even if you just mm. discount the cussing and you're not really bothered by that it was still not necessarily presented in the best way and 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 then to his credit uh when I when I talked to Stephen Reed yesterday for a long time uh he said that it was you know uh that he wished that he had not used the 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 language he was angry uh and and he should have walked away he should have recognized he should have been aware enough about himself to walk away from that and and not uh, and not presented in that way and and not talk to somebody when he was that upset and angry, so uh but uh the tapes themselves uh contained him saying a number of things uh about the black vote and white money uh about how investment uh in the Montgomery community about maxwell uh, Air Force Base and uh, his relationships with them or what what he cared about in terms of Maxwell. Uh, air force base. And um and then, you know, the we get into also the reason why the, the tapes were released, uh they were they were made apparently even though he denied it in a Facebook live, they were made by a man named Charles Lee who uh who owns a restaurant in Montgomery. Uh or owned a restaurant in Montgomery called That's My Dog. It was a hot dog place. Um and it was it it, it came to some prominence in Montgomery because he had a campaign to help at-risk youth, and he employed almost exclusively uh, kids from the inner city of Montgomery and kids that probably not a lot of other businesses would employ. Uh, and so that's kind of how mm. he made his way into being a, a an activist around Montgomery. And then he started another nonprofit called That's My Child, uh, in which he would go out and uh, give kids and still does not not used to, but still does. He goes out and, and works with at risk kids to give them opportunities uh, and help them with job interviews, give them job training type things. Job interview training uh, helps them with clothing and things like that uh, and is a very popular mm-hmm. guy. Uh, with a lot of people around Montgomery, and I think pretty up until this point, pretty highly thought of. Uh, and I'm not necessarily saying he shouldn't be highly thought of at, t- at this point, but, but we yeah. get into uh, this recording, which was made about three years ago. Uh, in in the height of the George Floyd protests, uh, June of what 2020, uh, wasn't that right? June 2020, uh, mm-hmm. when uh, when the George Floyd mm-hmm. protests were, were going strong, it was actually, um, I remember the that the day that they're talking about very well, because there were a number of rumors uh, that were floating around everywhere about vans full of, you know, at that point, it was a bunch of white people, rumors, old white people, rumors on Facebook, vans full of black people Mm -hmm. are coming down here to tear our city apart, you know, and it was just, Complete and utter nonsense. Mm-hmm. And uh, but, you know, the mayor, the police chief, all those folks were running around trying to, you know, chase down every rumor to make sure there was nothing to these things, to make sure that they kept uh, the, the anger and, uh, and and the protest uh, while they allowed people to protest and to express themselves. They were trying to make sure they protected property, uh, listened to everybody. And I think mm-hmm. we all said at the time that they they did a pretty fantastic job of that. Uh, of, of confronting mm. the, the people. Uh, and, and I'm not just talking about the mayor. I'm talking about the police chief at the time, uh, Finley. Uh, you know, they, yeah. they, they did, a, yeah. did a really good job of, of interacting with, you know, the, the police chief went out, told his folks to, mm. to get into plain clothes, get out of uniform. Uh, you know, confront the people yeah. uh, respectfully and talk to them, listen to their concerns and demands, and uh, and I think it it went as well. It went better than it did in pretty much any other city in which there were protests. Uh, so, um, mm-hmm. you know, that all this was going on, and apparently there was a meeting that was held between Charles Lee and Mayor Stephen Reed uh Reed says that at that meeting uh Lee was trying to basically shake him down and say if you don't give me the money that was promised to me by the previous administration because at this point Reed was just a few months into his tenure as mayor he had he had been, just been recently elected and so um he said if you don't give me the money that was promised to me by the previous administration then I'm going to unleash these folks on the city I'm going to go out. I'm not going to do anything to tamp down the anger and the violence. I'm going to go out and encourage it, and we're going to we're, we're going to tear this city up. That's that's Reed's. Uh, that's what Reed said about this. Now,
2: okay, so he's basically saying that during this time of crisis, Lee was threatening to exacerbate things yes, if he didn't get the yes. money, and and Lee, I'm assuming, is saying yeah. that's not true. Hey. He didn't.
1: He didn't make any such threats. threats. That's not something he would have done. He wasn't even looking for money. Um, uh, You know, that's not something that he, he was about. He, the mayor had called him and they were going back and forth about promises that hadn't been kept by the mayor. Uh, And that's what, uh, that's what the whole conversation was about. Um, I'll say it probably falls more towards the middle. Like most of these things do uh, the truth of it. Uh, Mm -hmm. However, um, it 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 seems weird to me that the mayor, uh, would would be that angry over just a, you know what I mean, uh, just a, a a regular old meeting where a person was in there talking about what they could do or couldn't do, and then it it just it doesn't. I guess I'll say, the mayor side to me rings a little more true than Charles Lee's side does. Uh, You know, just from the outside looking in, Mm. it it seems like uh, I, and I'm like, I'm saying I'm, I'm sure there are some exaggerations on the mayor's part uh, in some way, shape or form, but it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me that he's sitting in that room saying those things, that angry, that upset. um, And, and there's no, there's no provocation from the other side. Does that make sense? Hmm.
2: It does, yeah, and i and i can I can see that there, yeah, I think you're right. it there had to be provocation of some sort. In fact, I was even wondering uh, when I first read these accounts uh, earlier in the week. If uh, if alcohol yeah. was involved, do you know, I, if I, alcohol do not, was I don't involved?
1: I don't think so. And and I'll tell you the reason why I think that is because I, I just can't imagine that anybody involved in this had an opportunity to sit down with a drink, Um, you know, just because okay. it was, it, you know, I know I know the day from from people outside of, of these two. I know the day that was had in Montgomery that day was was a pretty stressful and trying day. Um, and, and this was not at the end of it. This was not a break period. Uh, this, they, they met, uh, they had had a meeting. They had, had some other meetings. They they were chasing things down. Reed had met with, uh, with the chief of police and, and some of the other higher ranking, uh, police officials about what they, how they were going to handle some stuff. Then he, he went and held this meeting with Charles Lee immediately after that. Then they went and met with groups of very angry and upset citizens, uh, that had gathered at certain places Mm -hmm. for protests. And so,
2: so no, so I I don't think
1: so. I mean, I, I just, I just, I don't think that, that alcohol is involved in it.
2: Okay. So I have a, I have a few questions, uh, and, and, uh, you and I talked about some of this before earlier in the week, but I'm going to, and then some we have not, uh, one question I have is, um, I want to be clear about is Lee admitting to the fact that he either recorded the conversation or that somebody else recorded it and provided it with him. And he He is
1: it? not, as a matter of fact, he says he didn't record during a Facebook live, which I watched and y'all should all bless me for sitting through it. Um, he, he went on an, an extended, um, I, I don't say rant because I think there's a negative connotation, but he went on an extended talk, I guess, uh, about this thing. And he claimed at the time that he didn't, uh, he didn't record it. He knew who recorded it. He didn't have a copy. Of, he didn't have the full recording, had never had the full recording. He just had clips of the recording. He didn't release it. He didn't know who released it. And, uh, and that was uh, his position. Now, Late last night, he released a letter that said basically, mm-hmm. if the mayor will go down and sign an affidavit saying everything he's saying is true, uh, that he would release the full recording. So either he had the full recording all along or he's obtained it since Monday. So I don't, you know, I don't know.
2: So he's got some sort of insight involved. Oh, there's so no doubt. Yeah. There, I,
1: you know, I, and that, to okay. be, and to be uh, more honest about the whole thing, I've heard about this thing for, Two years now, this tape, and every time Mm. I've ever heard about it presented by anybody that's presented it to me, it's always Charles Lee's tape. Okay, now, whether they were right or wrong or whether it was Mm. just a rumor or what have you, it was always Charles Lee's tape. Charles Lee wants people to hear this tape. Charles Lee's got this tape of the mayor. Charles Lee's got this tape of the mayor that that will bring him down. That's the way I've always heard this.
2: Hmm. Okay. All right. Sure. Here's another question. Um, so I don't know if you read Kyle Whitmore's
0: column.
1: Uh, I read a, I read part of it. Um, yeah. And I know that it, he mm-hmm. got into the, but um, the stuff about the, the police tapes of the, of the dog bite deal.
2: Yeah. And, and he, and he uses that as a premise from which to question the, uh, the authenticity of the mayor's mm-hmm. position on this, uh, which I thought was, thought was interesting because mm-hmm. um, while, while the two issues are not related, uh, meaning while this, the case of, uh, the, of what happened to uh, uh, poor Joseph Petaway, who was essentially killed by a police dog, uh, mm-hmm. while those two cases are not related, you know, this, this situation and that situation are not related. Um, it, it, I think it is fair to say that if uh, if the mayor is saying that transparency is a high priority mm-hmm. for him, then why don't we see it in a case? That's like a, That's this? a good
1: question. Yeah. And
2: does that not call into question whether or not the mayor truly is? in any other case concerned about transparency?
1: Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that's a fair thing to ask. Uh, you know, I think you we've talked about this before, and you know my position on police body cam footage. Uh, we pay for it. Uh, yeah. Those are our public servants. We yeah. should be able to see it, when especially when there's a controversy. And if it's too damning, uh, you know, uh, or you believe it's so damning that it's going to cause outrage, then we should especially see it. Uh, you know, we should that should especially mm-hmm. be something that we see so that we can make sure that whatever's on that never happens again. Uh, but um, I don't know. I, I'm I, I I understand that point about this. I do. Um, and, mm-hmm. and I don't disagree with it. I, I, but I don't know if if we can say that it. That it necessarily plays a plays a big role in the way that I feel about what's what's taking place now with with them. You know what I mean? I, I don't. It, it's it's something. Yeah. Should they release the body cam? Should he have he should he have made sure that there was more transparency there? Uh, yeah, I think so. I disagree with that decision not to do that. Uh, at the same time, I don't. I, I don't necessarily know. It, I mean, it, do you do you feel like transparency is a big issue with this, this situation? I mean, do you, I mean is that is that the biggest thing? Is that the transparency? I don't think he's calling for transparency. I think he's just saying if you're going to release part of the tape, uh, at least just release the whole tape, you know, so we can hear the context of everything uh, mm-hmm. and not just a mm-hmm. uh, not just a few a few seconds of what we both have said was was very edited uh, audio. Um, and and I think right. I think both of those things can stand. Um, and, and, and I, because I think that that's true. I think that if you're, it's hard for us to take it face value, this audio recording. Um, but because we don't know the questions, we don't know the conversation that was there. Uh, and it's, it's not going to change the words, but
2: no, but I think, but I think, you know, and you know, I mean, there's no secret. You and I both, uh, have been really, um, impressed mm -hmm. with Stephen Reed as a mayor. Uh, Without question, up to this point, he's Mm -hmm. been very impressive. This is the first reason I've ever had to question his competency and his integrity. And the reason I'm throwing integrity in there is because I think a a situation like this merits, especially since he's saying, since he's allegedly or since he's uh, reportedly uh, filed uh, charges against Mr. Lee. This is a case that demands, I think, I think a sit down. I think this is a situation where he ought to sit down with you or you and me or Mm -hmm. somebody else. And, you know, anybody in the media sit down and have a very open, transparent conversation where he answers hard questions about what he said, the whole situation and circumstance and and just you know this shouldn't be a thing where he just releases right. a well statement.
1: he i i had a conversation this, with him, this this
2: requires much I had, more i had it.
1: a i had a very long conversation with him yesterday.
2: but you don't, but you all haven't had that in a public um, way i mean is that something well, I mean, you to I, I i, I talked about some of it in the
1: column that i wrote today uh you know about about right. some of the some of the answers that uh, that he gave and um and um uh, I mean, I I can I I can go back and and release some of it. I mean, to me, here's the problem that I have though. Okay, um, it, it's hard, it's hard to and and I, and to be further fair to 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 read. He he did have a, a a pretty lengthy press conference uh on on Tuesday uh at the at at the at City Hall uh and he took uh, a number of questions from media in in a public setting uh so i mean you know that so he did that and 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 so outside of those things until you have a more whole piece of that of that recording so you can hear everything that's taking place it's hard to nail down what what was what was said what what the intent was now i can ask him all day long but the answers don't really change much from what he's already given does that make sense i mean it doesn't it it doesn't if I say, well, all right, well you said this, uh, because it, it, at a couple of different points, I said, listen, I, you know, uh, context aside, let's take the audio at face value. What did you mean by this? Uh, for example, the the Maxwell uh, Air Force Base portion of that, in which he had said something, I don't care about what's happening at Maxwell Gunner. Um, he he said his, his response to me was, uh, you know, he said, I, I don't want to say that I, I didn't say that. But because clearly you can hear me talking about this, he said, but I don't know out of all the pieces of this, that's a piece that doesn't fit into the rest of this conversation. He said, now, this was a whole long. My understanding is this was an hour and a half conversation that was recorded. Uh. So he's like, so he said, I, I don't I don't recall any sort of context he said i don't recall those words actually coming out of my mouth i cannot remember that that portion of the conversation at all i don't know why i would have said that So because I've, I've i've maintained a good relationship with the folks at maxwell he said now we've had tough conversations at times about race and class and their place within montgomery and what we need to do to work together and how i approach it differently than maybe previous mayors have he said but I've never had a bad relationship with him. So I don't know why this would have been even in that conversation and why Charles Lee would have been bringing it up. And I think that that's, that's probably a fair thing to say. And it, it highlights the problem that we have really trying to nail down as, as a reporter or somebody asking him questions where, where he is and what, why he said these things and what was going on.
2: well, let me let me start mm-hmm. with the press conference. So press conferences are certainly an essential part of the work that we do. However, however, press conferences are generally, at the local level, press conferences, generally speaking, are not going to be televised from start mm-hmm. to finish. So people are not going to see the whole thing in context, A. B, um, while I understand the necessity for press conferences, I think a situation like this really demands a more laser like kind Mm -hmm. of approach, where instead of getting scattershot questions from, you know, a few people, um, and you know, even even if it was an hour long over the course of an hour, I would still say, and I don't know how long this press conference was. But I would still say what the people of montgomery and and really to a large extent, even people outside of Montgomery need to see is a concentrated you know I'd say at least minimum thirty mm-hmm. minutes of very rigorous question and answers that are that that take place. Uh, you know, with again, I'm saying whether it's you know whether it's one journalist, two at the most, where there is a real, uh, there's a real just uh, you know a real. I'm trying to think of the right word, but but a real just fleshing out of of this whole mm-hmm. situation to the best of his ability. Now, if he's saying there are things that he can't remember.
1: That was the only thing he you said know, he couldn't remember. I mean, okay. That was the only thing he said he could, that was mm-hmm. the only thing that he said to me that he just could not remember that. Uh, and he, um, he said he, could, he, he wasn't denying that he said it, but he could not remember mm-hmm. the context of that. And that was one of the things that he said, he, you know, he would like to have the, the recording just so they could hear the context of, of that conversation. Uh, because he just could not remember what led to him making the statement.
2: Right. And that's and that's a fair point for him to make, especially considering the re- considering the rest of what we heard. But that also raises questions to me about now not not the mayor, but about whether or not this was one conversation. I mean, we know right. it was edited. We know that tape is edited. What has been released to the public so far has been edited. So was that was was that more than one conversation. I don't think it so. Together?
1: Um, I, from, it's my understanding that there was just one long conversation, uh, you know, one hour and a half long conversation. Uh, and, and I don't know. Um, I, I but that said, who, who, do, who really does know, you know?
2: Right. And now, so let me, let me, let me get off the mayor for a minute and let me flip this. Um, Mr. Um, mm-hmm. Lee, Mr. Lee, um, I think the same the same kind of scrutiny needs to mm-hmm. be applied to him. He needs to, instead of, you know, uh, th- there needs to be some sort of rigorous public, you know, uh, conversation with him. And I also think he needs to stop playing around yeah. with this thing. It's out now, so either release the tape or, and explain and clearly explain the edits of what he mm-hmm. did release or stop monkeying well, around with the public.
1: Um, I think it's fairly obvious to everybody that Charles Lee didn't edit this. Um, Oh, certainly. But certainly. I, I'm just saying, I,
2: but why do you say he didn't
1: edit? it? I, How do you I just, know that? I don't believe that 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 Lee has the uh the required skills to do that uh to edit it. Um
2: you mm-hmm. mean audio yeah. audio editing? Yeah, scene, I, I don't think
1: I don't believe that he has uh the skills to put that together uh the way that it was put together because I mean that, that you know we we've done I've done a little bit of it uh but uh you know there's a reason why to me, okay? All right, let, let's let's just take the whole oh the whole picture. Uh, you have an audio that uh, that has been in his possession at allegedly we'll say allegedly, but pretty sure it's been in his possession now for going on three years. Uh, it has been in this format of basically just a recording of this long conversation for this amount of time. It drops on a newly created YouTube channel, um, and is somehow or another. Edited down to to exclude the other side of this, and edited, uh, so portions of the audio butt up against each other, and in a pretty, you know, well flowing, uh, you know, chat from the mayor. I guess you know, or, or you know, the speech pattern is not that far off. Although some things are are choppy at places, uh, but it, it's edited down fairly well, uh, and and it certainly excludes the other side of the conversation, and and. There, it's in different portions and presented in in this way, and and it just so happens that all of it shows up on a right wing propaganda site, uh, and they're the only ones that have access to it. So, you know, who the hell does Charles Lee know at eighteen nineteen? You know what I mean, and so. I, don't, I think that this thing went from Lee to person B to 1819. And, mm-hmm. and I think person B is the key figure here, whoever that might be. Uh, and, and that's the person that I would guess, and I have no proof of this, that that's the person that paid Charles Lee for the, for the recording. And then they took the recording and gave it to some people who would push it out in order to uh in order to affect the mayor's race.
2: Now this is interesting and and you know uh and I know that pretty soon we're going to have to wrap wrap up this segment and bring in our guest but uh this is interesting and I think you have you we're going to have to continue mm-hmm. this discussion on the other side of our guest but you've you've introduced now to me two new elements one payment and two the mysterious mm-hmm. person B. Uh, so my, 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 and I, I guess I've got enough time to ask you these questions, but my first question is, um, why do you think that payment was involved?
1: Hmm. Um, let's just say that I have heard that payment has been involved from the beginning that, that there was, there was the a, a monetary figure that would have allowed pretty much anybody to have obtained this. Does that make sense? Hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. It does. Uh, though that
1: it was for sale for, for quite a period of time.
2: Okay. So, and, and so this, so now you're linking this back to, um, uh the allegations mm-hmm. of extortion.
1: I mean, I'm not saying that, right. that that took place. No. I'm saying that whenever I heard about uh-huh. this, it's that, uh-huh. uh, I'll, I'll tell you the exact context. I mean, Cause I'm, uh, the people said it to me and, and, and this is multiple people said it to me. Uh, Charles Lee, uh, is shopping this tape around of the mayor. And that's uh, that's Mm -hmm. the first time I ever heard about it. Uh, Now, I've heard from I've heard in Charles Lee's in fairness to Charles Lee. I've heard from one other person uh, that said that that Charles Lee was offered a pretty substantial amount of money for this early on. And he turned it down because he didn't he didn't want to to do that. Um, But that um, and and that some other people had offered him money later on and he had turned it down. Uh, But why it's out now is, you know, that's the question. You know, that's the question that people should ask, I think, is why now? Why after, you know, if you were upset about this, why is this thing just now coming out nearly three years later? And I think you I think it's fair to look at the timing that doesn't change the content of this. It doesn't change any of that. It just changes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what your Mm -hmm. perception of the person who is recording it and who is uh, who's talking about it might be. Uh, so you know that that's one thing that you know. Whenever somebody <coughs> attacks the timing of something as being political, I'm always like, well, it doesn't change what's inside of it, and then this that's true in this case as well. But it's it's fair mm-hmm. to talk about why why this thing has been released at this point.
2: Mm-hmm. So the other thing uh, is the mysterious person mm-hmm. B what's that i mean you, you got to so we got to wonder who mm. might that be who yeah. might that be and and what is their motivation in all of this uh are they is person b connected to the conservative website is that 1819 yeah, is that the website is. okay uh so is it uh, what is their connection to 1819 um uh, what's their motive And, um, and is this all, is this in any way connected to the upcoming mayoral Mm. campaign? Got to ask that question as well. Uh, but then also I think we need to discuss, and I, and I, and I, and I, I I know we don't have enough time for this, but I think we need to discuss the actual Mm. substance of what Reed uh, said. You know the actual substance. Yeah,
1: but no, we can do all that. I, 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 you know, to take your your question, um, about person B, uh, and you know, I I think that there are a number of people around Montgomery, and I wrote this in the column today. I think that there are a number of people, uh, and today being Thursday, so uh, that would uh, would like to see Montgomery regress back to the days of a white conservative mayor. Uh, and and I want to be clear about something else. I don't put Todd Strange in that category. Okay, uh, I don't. I don't. I don't put Todd Strange in that category. I don't. I don't put Bobby Bright in into that category. I think that they were much more conservative than Stephen Reed is, um, and and I think that they were thought of as much more conservative because they have white skin uh, and had a lot of rich friends. Uh, but I don't put them in that category. I think both of those guys are good people who had progressive agendas, uh, less progressive certainly than Stevens' uh, 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 things. But I think Todd and and Bobby both were very uh, were very good mayors uh, at their time, and they did what was allowable of them to progress the city forward. Um, and and had some relationships. Uh, Todd Strange had a really great relationship with Elton Dean for a number of years that I think really aided him uh in in understanding better uh the needs and and things that that were they had in in the black community and things that needed to be done and so i think he had a special uh relationship there that allowed him to not be so blind to a lot of things but i i think that there are still a number of people out there who look at montgomery under under stephen and they see things slipping from their grasp uh, they see uh, a number of, uh, and I wrote look, we we've had him on. We've talked about what he's done and his his agenda and how he's approaching this. And I think a lot of people take exception to a mayor who's come in and said, "We're we're gonna we're gonna do this uh differently. We're going we're not gonna we're not gonna turn our backs mm-hmm. on on people. Uh, but we're not gonna do this is not gonna be the same good old boy system that we've had in the past. We're going to we're gonna uh we're we're gonna take." our progressiveness, and we're going to use that as a, uh, as a banner out front to sell this city. And we're going to say, listen, the rest of, a matter of fact, he said this, and something that I'll use l- later in, in pieces I write. He said that, uh, you know, this, we're going to say, don't think of us as part of Red State, Alabama. Think of us as progressive blue Montgomery. And, you know, that's what he's selling to businesses that want to come to, to that city. Uh, to to think of them differently. Mm-hmm. And I think that causes some problems. And so I think that you have some people there that don't want that. They don't want this progressive city. They don't want to see uh, the school systems fixed. They don't want to see the magnet program, uh, you know, integrated as it should be. Uh, they don't want to see a lot of the a lot of changes that are going to come about because people uh, now you have a mayor and, and certain other folks around that have some power that look at the way things have been done and said, wait a minute. That's unfair as hell to a lot of people around here and and those people who've gotten those advantages they don't they don't want that anymore, and so I think you have some people with a vested interest in splitting the black vote, which is pretty much what this has done
2: well yeah, and that's and that's something I think we have to we have to really talk about, which is um again, and that goes to the substance of what he said. Um, so yeah, we, we definitely need to talk about that. All right.
1: Answer. Well, i tell you what, let's, uh, let's, let's get, let's do that. Uh, we have a guest. I mean, it's a, a no name. So, I mean, we could just, <laughs> just skip it. <laughs> you Just skip it if you wanted to, but uh, no, this is John, John
2: will get a Chuck. He'll get a John, chuckle out John of something. Pavlov,
1: Pavlovitz. <laughs> cool. Pavlovitz. Like clearly not from around here. So, <laughs> you know, uh, but no, he's, uh, You'll a Yeah, kick John has uh, followed John on Twitter uh, if, and uh, and some other things. have read some of the stuff he's written, and if you haven't, then you you should because it's he's he's good people. Uh, but uh, he's
2: pretty 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 yeah, phenomenal guy. That.
1: Let's uh, let's slide out of here. Let's get uh, Mister Pavlovitz in, and uh, we'll uh, talk to him for a little bit, and then we'll pick up the read discussion on the other side. So, all right, we'll be back in a minute. Alabama right. politics this week.
2: I'm David Person with Alabama Politics this week. You know, you listen to me and Josh every week and we have a blast as we talk about Alabama politics and culture and as we interview newsmakers and journalists about Alabama politics and culture. Thanks for your support of this great podcast. And I hope that you will continue to not only listen, but to share it with your friends And also give us a rating on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to it. Thanks a lot. Welcome back to Alabama Politics This Week. I'm David Person, and Josh Moon is here, of course. And uh, we are very pleased to have with us uh, a nationally, maybe internationally known, thinker, preacher, pastor, teacher, uh, I think activists is probably also fair to throw in there. John Pavlovich. John, welcome to Alabama Politics this week.
0: Thank you so much. So good to be with you both today.
2: Yeah, we're glad to have you. And uh, actually, for those of you who are listening uh, to this podcast in North Alabama, John will be uh, with us in Huntsville on Saturday night, this Saturday night at 7 o'clock at the. Uh, the uh, UAH Charger Theater on the UAH campus. And uh, he is a guest of an organization that I'm on the board of, which is the Persistence Pack, a progressive uh, political action committee that's dedicated to uh, seeing progressives elected in North Alabama and, uh, and probably, hopefully, eventually across the state. So, John, we're looking forward to your speech on Saturday night Um, give us a sense, first of all, uh, for those who may not know who you are, uh, though Josh and I are very acquainted uh, with you. And in fact, Josh has been, I think, aware of you much longer than I've been, uh, tell folks who you are and what you do.
0: Well, yeah, the the short answer is that 25 years ago, I became I was drafted into local church ministry. So I was working as an art director, became a, a part time minister, then a full time pastor. And the, that was a process of me going through that um, that work and realizing the tensions. Between the church and the teachings of Jesus that I thought I was going to be a part of and the reality of what seemed to be happening. And those tensions grew, especially around 2015, as I saw this sort of theocratic movement taking shape. And I and I felt like I needed to speak with specificity into that as a minister. And the short and short part of that is that I preached my way out of a job. And with that, I was able to speak with much more clarity. On issues of race and sexuality and equality in the church, and that gave me a, a much greater audience. To now, I have this sort of virtual congregation of people all over the country.
2: So, I, from what you've just said, and this is no, shouldn't be any real shock to anybody who who listens to me and Josh on this podcast on a regular basis. Uh, You feel like I feel uh, that as active Christians, that the church has gone in entirely the wrong direction when it comes to uh, race matters in general, when it comes to how we're dealing with uh, our LGBTQ plus brothers and sisters, and and, and I would assume uh, gender issues and those sorts of things.
0: That's right, especially the white conservative Church, which I was a part of. and it it seems to me that there it, the movement that we're seeing that is antithetical to Jesus, uh, to his compassion and to his generosity. that seems to be a movement that's coming largely from professed followers of Jesus. So I speak into um that uh, duality that exists there or the um the hypocrisy of people claiming to love. A dark-skinned uh, Jewish rabbi from the Middle East, and yet renouncing or actively opposing so much of what he stood for, and that's—I speak a lot into that.
2: So, my before I hand it over to Josh, as a dark-skinned person, at least relatively speaking. By the way, as a sidebar, this is so funny in the black community, uh, Josh. I've been considered light-skinned all my life, and, and I never really picked up on that until I came down here when uh-huh. people were actively saying to me, "You're light-skinned." I'm like, "No, I'm not." But uh, there's this sort of shade uh, there's this sort of shade discussion or colorism discussion that has, has been ever present in the black community, but that's another topic. So you describe Jesus John as a dark-skinned person. That description in and of itself is enough to get you kicked in the tail. In That's a lot of not tortures. like all
1: the paintings on velvet that I've seen. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's right. Well, and, and the, the, the funny thing about it is most of the times that, that, that I get the most resistance from people of faith uh, who claim to be Christians. It's simply by asking questions or bringing things to light that they probably haven't thought about, um, asking them about their commitment to America and and why that is such an important part of their faith, why God and America are so often conflated. And that's a question that they don't even want to reckon with. And, and then when you look at the fact that you know, the the white Christian church has largely been part of the systemic um, ills of this country. It, it There needs to be some uh, introspection and to ask why that is. And a lot of people don't want to do that work. They don't want to grieve the things that you have to grieve to go through that process of looking at religion and privilege and the toxicity of those things together.
2: All right. So uh, just as a quick follow-up, I wanna I wanna hone in on this dark-skinned Jesus thing because a lot of people will attack that or 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 fuss about that. Um, how do you justify saying that Jesus was a dark-skinned man from the Middle East? Or from or I would say a dark-skinned man from North Africa. That's what I would say, but how do you justify
0: it? Well, right. Well, I think if you if you can look at the scriptures and where they were composed and the 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 geographic area that they talk about, uh, there weren't a lot of people that look like the American Republican Party right now. And so it's it's about understanding that as we embrace, if we are people of faith who claim Christianity, we are part of something that is much larger than, than white America. And if we can do that, we can actually embrace the richness of that tradition and the way that it envelops really all of humanity. Really the I always say the the cradle of civilization didn't come with a cracker barrel. And we should be okay admitting that. <laughs> you, know? Uh, 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 you know we should we should be able to embrace our interdependence, our uh, the oneness of humanity. And that's what religion and politics do at their best. And it's what they reject at their worst.
1: Well I mean, I don't know what y'all are talking about. Clearly, Jesus signed the Declaration of Independence and threw the tea into the harbor. And so I don't know exactly why y'all want to doubt these people. But, um, And then had dinner at Cracker Barrel, apparently. Uh, but, uh, it, you know, in you know, following you for, for so long um you know i know your your devotion to to faith and, and christianity and um and you know and, and i uh, i was born in alabama raised here so i you know, there's no chance that i i avoided church uh so you know i, I was in church as as a young man and and uh, you know a lot of that i became kind of disenchanted with, uh, over a period of time. And I think it plays a lot into, into some of, some of the issues that you, you have felt and that you address on a regular basis. But what I wonder most often when, when, I uh, you know, I follow you and I see the things that you say and I, and I see, read the attacks on you, especially, uh, that come mm-hmm. in the comment sections or that come from other people, you know, how, how is it that, that you've been able to kind of maintain, this this faith and and has it disappointed you uh, at times? The people, because there has to be people that have come in and out of your life that were also that also call themselves Christians and pastors that that have that have chosen a different pathway, right?
0: Certainly, and and I think when you do the work of stretching yourself to a place of greater empathy or to a more um expansive view of something anything it could be god or your your politics there's going to be a a loss that's associated with that there's going to be some people you're going to have to grieve or some relationships or an old story or an old community and i think that's part of this um you know we talk about the progressive movement really means that you're going to be uh, have your eyes open continually that you're always going to be leaving behind something so that you can reach something that is greater and 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 welcomes more people and so there there are people who're going to resist that because the comfortable and the safe is always going to be something that is the, where there's less fear and um what I'm trying to do is say there's really nothing to fear if we can embrace the fact that we don't know at all. And we, mm. we, there are stories that are different from our own that exist. And I, I consider myself now a collector of stories, uh, mm. like a war correspondent. I say right. that I, you know, I get into the trenches of life with people and, and you've realized the universal things, fear, grief, uh, the desire to be known, those are universal.
1: Yeah. Uh, that, it, it, uh, cause that was going to be my question. What do you think we, cause we've all read, I mean, I'll say all, but most of us have read, you know, uh, the significant portions of the Bible and and the most important ones and the most important teachings of of Jesus and and we, we've we've seen the you know the camel through the eye of the needle and the uh, you know the all, all of the other talks and loving thy neighbor and um uh, and uh, and the time spent with with the the least of these and uh you know so what then what 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 do you think drives people that are that, that make their lives out of out of this, out of these teachings, to I, I don't even know the the best way to say it. I guess to so uh toss aside most of those lessons, ignore most of those lessons, and and choose the complete opposite path and, and then to and not only that, but to then lead others down that, that opposite path. What what leads to that?
0: Well, I think when you look at something, whether it's a political movement or a religious movement, when they are at their most dangerous and most toxic is when they leverage people's fears, phobias, prejudices, and when they are built on needing an adversary. And I think if you look at conservative politics and evangelical religion, they require an encroaching enemy to be feared, to be eliminated. And so when you can tap into that, I think what we're seeing is a lot of people who are perpetually terrified and no one is at their best when they're afraid. And so part of, I think, what the movements that we want to be a part of, uh, I say that people of faith, morality, and conscience, so whether you claim religion or not, there is an understanding that empathy really is the better path. And we're trying to be what I call the community of the convinced who are going to align together and say this ugly thing, this predatory exclusionary thing, it's not of Jesus, but it's also just not the best way to live either.
1: Yeah. And, and man, it really, uh, I I was talking to David about this prior to to starting and, uh, you know, uh, it seems like, things took a real nosedive around 2016. Um, And and I know, I know Trump, uh, you know, the the people talk about the Trump derangement uh, syndrome or whatever, and uh, that, you know, people blame him for everything that happened. And, uh, but boy, it sure does seem like during that, his, his little reign of uh, almost terror, you would say, uh, but that, that during that time period we just fell off a cliff right i mean am i wrong about that or is it uh, was that something that had been coming for a while and he was just in the in the in the
0: spot yeah i don't think there's there isn't anything that trump created it's only stuff that he revealed and i think what he did was he gave official consent for people to embrace the worst of themselves. He made people proud of the things that they used to conceal for decorum's sake. And so when you have someone at that high a level who sanctions uh, anti Semitism and homophobia and xenophobia and, and racism, then what all the stuff that's already been there. Is just released and people feel emboldened, and so I think that's what we're seeing. Um, really, nothing new. It's just our awareness of it is so much greater now because of that, because of social media. We know the the level at which people have the the, the way society has sunken.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, we we deal we've dealt with that here uh, probably for a lot longer. Uh, you know, we've had the Roy Moores uh and, and and the people that, that have uh used the Bible and, and things in, in ways to justify you know, Jim Crow and uh racism and you know slavery and everything else. And so we we've dealt with it in Alabama for, for quite a long period of time. And um it just it seems like there will never be uh an end to this. Uh, that there will never be an end to people taking something that even if you're not a believer, you, I, I mean, you would have to say that the, the Christian faith and the, and the Bible and the teachings of Jesus are good things or good, you know, moral compasses for the most part on, uh, on how to live life and, 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 taking those things and twisting them in, in ways and twisting in the process, twisting up so many people. Um, it, it just doesn't seem like there's going to be any end to this.
0: Well, that's the bad news there isn't, you know, but the good news is, is we are here, you know, my message to people this weekend, uh, you know, as we gather is going to be to remind them that anything that we feel like we're losing now regarding human and civil rights, we feel like we're losing because someone else won those for us and they won those in times of difficulty and they did it over generations and we're simply here at our place in time in the history of the planet and of america to say we're going to do what we can to maintain the moral arc of the universe and we're just we're going to lose some battles but we're here you know hopelessness is not an option and stopping is not an option so we just we just do the best we can with what we have in this day
2: Hey, John, I know you're going to have to slide out of here shortly, but before you go, I just want to ask you to prognosticate a little bit if you if you can if you if you feel like you can. I wonder about the future of Christianity in this country because of the the damage that, as Josh was just talking about, has been done over the past six or so years. And that continues to seem to be, uh, the erosion seems to be continuing uh, when you look at at, at some of the things, some of the, the laws that are being proposed in this state and other places. Are you optimistic about the ability of the Christian church writ large to continue to be a force for moral good and change in this country?
0: I, I think I I know that things don't look good for the American church, but I'm okay with that because I know that there will always be individuals who take the teachings of Jesus seriously and who attempt to live out those values in communities of empathy. And that's not going to stop. It doesn't matter what happens with Trumpism. It doesn't matter how entwined Christianity seems to be with the mega mindset there's always going to be people who say loving my neighbor is the best way to live. Loving the least of these is something I want to do while I'm here. And so it may not look the way it's looked for the past hundred years. It may not look like it's ever looked. It may not be about a building on Sunday, but there will always be people who want to embrace loving their neighbor as themselves. So the future is still, you know, positive and beautiful. It's just going to be different.
2: So if I can, if I can follow that up with a quick summary of what I think you're saying to make sure I understand Uh, the church as we know it today may not continue to exist or function as it has, but the teachings of Jesus aren't going anywhere and they will continue to shape and influence people uh, in this country.
0: Yeah, yeah, we may see mega churches that claim Jesus and still use you know use his name and have franchised that out, but those are going to be clear what they're about, but there's always going to be this oppositional force and really that's what Christianity was supposed to be from the beginning. It was supposed to be an organic uh, movement of the street where people cared for one another and were in you know doing life together and that's always going to be possible and it's always going to happen. Well, listen,
1: right. uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I know we said that John's got to get out of here, and and it's because he's uh, he's going and doing good uh, good charity work uh, with, with uh, foster care kids, and uh, and so he was kind enough to take uh, uh, just a few minutes with us today, and and listen, we really really appreciate yes. it, and uh, appreciate the work that you do, and you know for for all of the bad stuff you get hit with on a daily basis, and there's no you know there there are a lot of people like us out there that 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 take what you're saying, and and we really Appreciate the good work that you're trying to do.
0: Well, I'm grateful for the time, and if I don't meet you this weekend, uh, you know, in, in Huntsville, I hope to we can do this again. But uh, looking forward to my time there in Alabama.
1: Awesome. Right. Thank. Thank you. That is John he Is absolutely fantastic. And uh, follow follow him on t- on Twitter. Follow him on social media wherever you can, uh, because it's it's really a breath of fresh air. Uh, it is uh, so opposite of the Franklin Grams and uh, mm. the mm. the crazies that run the Liberty University, Falwell's, the uh, the even the Joel Osteens. Uh I mean, and I I mean, you know. The, the prosperity folks mm-hmm. you know that mm-hmm. that are running the mega churches and, yeah. and making millions upon millions of dollars every year and uh, and in the meantime you know doing so very little for the for the local communities and uh, it just is uh he he's he's a different guy um and and it's not because he's a progressive or a liberal or whatever it's just that he's you know first of all i don't even know that that he would necessarily have classified himself in that way, uh, prior to this and you know, prior to everything that has changed over the last few years. He was just a guy that felt like he was following along with his religious beliefs mm-hmm. in the proper way. And though that proper way and following along with the teachings of Jesus just now classifies you as a liberal, I guess yeah. I don't you know, yeah. or a progressive. Uh so uh it's just, you know, he is. It's uh it's really good. I'm I'm glad you were able to, to set that up for us because John's a is a really good guy. hmm.
2: Yeah, me too. And I and again it just is uh you know, I just continue to feel like we really Christianity needs a makeover, you know, and um uh, and I think uh you know, uh, John Pavlovich is our RuPaul or whoever it is that's doing the makeovers <laughs>
1: these days.
2: He's making us over. Or at least he's doing his best, you know.
1: Did you just call John Pavlovich RuPaul?
2: Well, I mean, you know, I'm just in the, in the you know, in a manner of speaking. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I <laughs> you know
1: do it's exactly what you yeah. mean. You know,
2: he's a, he's a makeover guy. He's helping right, to make yeah. us over. And I think that's. Yeah. You know, and that's what RuPaul is trying to do. He's trying to make you know at least on that one show that I'm aware of. I think that's the premise, isn't it? He's trying to kind of help people to mm-hmm. uh, to improve their appearance. Well, John Pavlovich is trying to get us yeah. to improve our spirits. Uh, it,
1: it, I mean, is that the, is that something that that you're? I mean, does, are you are you disappointed? Are you you know, disenchanted uh, to to. Uh any extent with, uh, with the church and stuff? I mean, is it something that weighs on you?
2: Yeah, it definitely weighs on me. It, it weighs on me, um, uh, quite a bit because, uh, yeah. I do go to church and I do, uh, and I still believe, especially th- that the black church mm-hmm. has played and continues to play a unique role in our society. And so when I hear, uh, things that are uh, homophobic coming from mm-hmm. the black church, it, it absolutely a transphobic, you know, which is which is very common these days. You know, it, it concerns me a lot, and I try to push back on that when I can, where I can, because I don't believe that's right. You know, uh, the same thing is true with um, when I hear, uh, you know, racist things or white supremacist things emanating from uh, the white evangelical church. Uh, it concerns me absolutely, and I and I don't understand how, um, because I do believe fervently in the teachings of Jesus Christ. I just and I think that the teachings of Jesus Christ have the ability to not only uh, help individuals with whatever their personal uh, challenges or struggles may be in this life. I believe that they have the ability to make society a better place uh and i you know it it concerns me that that the the bigotry and the uh and the discriminatory leanings of the church often uh i think uh are counterproductive to what jesus was talking about you know um and i know there's some people that even you know i've heard some some people that even take issue with some of the things that jesus said uh but I think as a you know and I mean that's that's maybe for another discussion and a yeah, yeah. more theological debate yeah. but uh but I think as a general as a general rule, most people uh seem to understand that that as we as as we like to say what's in the red letters of mm-hmm. the New testament you know yeah. and the red letters refers to the, the teachings and the sayings of Jesus. Uh, I think most people uh, are of the mind that those things are uh, constitute some of the best things that have been said to help individuals and to help a society or a community.
1: Boy, that's a that's a tough stance to uh, take issue with the teachings of Jesus and be a Christian. <laughs> you know, what I mean? yeah. a,
2: you know what I'm saying? A, well, that's uh that's really some... taking
1: the Christ out of Christ. Uh, so you know, it's. <laughs> I don't know. Doesn't seem to, doesn't seem to go very well. But oh well. All right. Listen. uh, Let's uh, let's slide out. We'll come back and um, and and wrap up uh, the the show and uh, and our discussion. We'll pick back up with our discussion on uh, uh, Stephen Reed and the issues Mm -hmm. in Montgomery as well. So all right. Let's uh, let's slide out of here. Alabama politics this week. Back in a minute. Hey, everybody, if you would uh, like an opportunity to interact with us here at uh, Alabama Politics this week, uh, we've got a great way for you to do that. Uh, Shoot a question over to APWProducer at gmail.com. That's APWProducer at gmail.com. Anything about Alabama politics you want to know about, uh, I don't know, what what everybody likes to drink or where everybody likes to hang out or whatever, whatever your question may be. Uh, what chances the Democrats might have uh, in the uh, the upcoming midterm elections? So shoot us a question over at apwproducer at gmail.com. apwproducer at gmail.com. Thanks. All righty. Welcome back, Alabama Politics This Week. Josh Moon, David Person. Uh, our thanks to uh, John Pavlovitz. Oh, yeah. Is, uh, really, really good. Really good. Really, really good. Um but let's uh let's pick up where we left off uh before well, that great yeah, conversation.
2: Yeah, and before we do, let me just say one quick thing. Pavlovich really uh is the kind of pastor, spiritual leader mm-hmm. that makes me uh proud to be a Christian and And really, I don't even want to say proud to be a Christian. I think that gives me comfort Mm -hmm. because Christianity in America has been very disappointing in my lifetime, quite honestly, Uh, in in so many ways as a collective. And so to have someone here who I think is talking about things in a way where uh, he's not only holding us accountable— uh spiritually just in 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 a general sense, but he's really saying we've got to do a better job of reflecting Christianity in society, and a lot of what is passing for Christianity in society today is just well there's a word I want to use that I won't use because my pastor will frown at me but but it's just hogwash it's mm-hmm. just it's just well I'll go this far it's b s yeah it's just b s it's Thanks. not Christianity and, mm-hmm. um, and it's, and it's not even biblical. So, yeah. uh, so to, um, uh, you know, I think that it, uh, you know, again, it just, it, it's, I'm just glad he came on and I'm glad he was able to, to, to say the things he said. That's all. But I just had to get yeah. that
0: out.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and, I, and I think y'all will have a, an excellent, uh, program uh, that, uh, the program that he's going to be uh, hosting. Yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, and I think that, uh, you're, you're right about that though. You're right about the, um, the, the way, you know, Christianity and church, I guess, uh, has been to me. And I guess I'm more on the outside looking in. It's been more of a, you know, uh, this is here. Here's a way for me to excuse my awful behaviors. Um, uh, and, and that's a, that's a shame. And I think it's, it's turned a lot of people off. Um, all right. So, uh, speaking of turning a lot of people off, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so let's, uh, let's get, uh, back to yeah. the, uh, to the Stephen Reed, uh, and, yeah. uh, Charles Lee and, uh, this whole Montgomery mess. And, and when we last left you, uh, the, uh, the the mayor and uh uh and Charles Lee were were at odds and still are and um you know i i just i, f- I feel like in this you know cuz we were we left off talking about person b and and the way this affects the may uh, the mayoral race coming up um later this year mm-hmm. i i, I f- you know i i feel like it's a it's a it's an effort to um uh, to, to attack Reed in a way to make him weaker for this race, uh, to possibly, uh, put him in there, uh, but just, you know, to, to tamp down, uh, the black voters who would support him, uh, and then offer up a white businessman. Um, you know, and I mean, I've heard some names that have been tossed around as, uh, as potential candidates to run that people would like to see. Um, our our friend Dick Brewbaker is one. Uh now I don't I don't think that Brewbaker is involved in this uh, in any way, shape or form. I don't I don't even think he's gonna run. Uh but um you know I've I've heard that and you know and I've heard some other people who were who are very interested in this. Reed Ingram is one. And um and so Wait, you said you know, who was one? Reed, Reed Ingram uh Is a guy that's you know heavily involved in in local politics in Montgomery. He's a state rep. Uh, oh, you said there. Reed
2: Ingram. Uh huh. Okay, got it. Got yeah. it. Okay. Yeah,
1: and um and so you know I think that I think all of that is kind of at play in this, and I think that explains a lot about why this this audio recording was released now, and and what's kind of going on with it. But you know, I, I just think. Um, you know, and, and what I wrote today was, you know let's let's take everything at face value uh, in the recording and say that Reed said it all and let's not worry about the context. You know what what did he lie about you Now, what, what what portion of that was, was a lie uh, on things? What portion of that should you really be upset with?
2: Well, if I were a black person in Montgomery? It would give me very little comfort to know that that uh, my mayor seemed to think that um he didn't have to serve my part of the community in order to be electable mm-hmm. that that all he had to do was serve uh white. Interest generally white corporate interests specifically mm-hmm. uh, I would be very concerned about that I would be very disturbed by that it would outrage me quite frankly yeah mm-hmm. uh, now I'm sure that um, again because this was a heavily edited tape I don't I'm not saying that that's necessarily what we should draw from uh well, I think it's hard not to draw that from what he's from what we've heard, but yeah. but I think again this was an edited tape, and we need we need context in order to really know for sure what he was saying and 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 to get a better sense of why he said what he said. We need an yeah. unedited tape.
1: Yeah, and and I'll say this about that. You know, because I've heard people say, "Well, it's with words that came out of his mouth. What difference does it make?" And mm-hmm. I said, "Well, okay. Well, what if?" Um, what if the 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 thing that he was re- the sentence he was responding to uh, immediately before that was, um, you know, if you don't do this, if you don't do X, mm-hmm. then I'm going to make sure these people, uh, these certain people, don't vote for you ever again. Mm-hmm. And his response back was, well. Fine, whatever you want to do, man. I you know, if I if I if I go over here and make sure that forty percent of the of the white community is happy, I don't need any of them. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, does that change Uh way, it, it, does it it change it, the way people feel about it?
2: Yeah, I think it. I think it could again, though. I think it would need a, even a little bit more. I'd need to probably hear a little bit more than mm-hmm. just that one statement. But yeah, it would certainly nuance it a bit. And, yeah. and which is why, again, I'm saying I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, if I lived in Montgomery, I certainly wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't go to die on a hill that just had that tape recording. I just wouldn't right. do
1: it. Yeah. yeah, it's just, you know, it, it, it's this thing here is it, you look at it and and, it, and this is what I think people need to understand uh, the most is um, Reed, Reed wasn't sitting in a room and getting angry by himself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so these things that he was saying in this way were in response to something. OK, something something angered him. Well, you, and, and we haven't heard it. So we don't know whether we could say, well, he should have been mad or, oh, you know, hey, what, why was he mad about that? Or why was he still talking like that? You know, mm-hmm. we, ha- we we can't make that judgment because that's been taken away from us at this point. Um, and, uh, you know, and I, again, I'm not I'm not really excusing The way he's speaking here, although I am I do take some exceptions to the people that are. Can you believe the salty language? And it's the same people who've sat around for six years making every excuse in the world for Donald Trump. Yeah. And 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 who were cheering on cheering on Emery Fulmer and all of his racist BS for years Mm -hmm. uh, down there. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, I mean, really spare me that. okay? Mm -hmm. uh, But could it. Should it have been presented in a better way? Certainly it should have. Should well, he have engaged in that? No, he should not have.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, look, I mean, we're grownups. We yes. know that, that grownup people sometimes, well, not just grownup people, actually, but but certainly <laughs> yeah. grownup yeah. people yeah. for sure, yeah. sometimes we have conversations that, uh, that uh, in, involve the use of profanity. I mean, mm-hmm. that shouldn't be some big surprise. Now, Mm-mm. if he were... If he were cussing in public like Donald Trump, yeah, yeah. And, if he'd held a press a prof-
1: conference like that, you yeah. know,
2: I mean, you know, <laughs> or and, and riling up crowds with profanities yeah. and racial epithets, right. e- epithets, then yeah, I would say yeah, there's a problem
1: there. Yeah, if, he, like, if he'd been a hosting problem. a fucking podcast or something, yeah, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> but
2: this, but the idea that this guy's behind closed doors. Yeah. Ostensibly having a private conversation Mm -hmm. and and he uses uh, profanity uh, to me is not a that's not a big deal. Does it sound mayoral? No. But, you know, again, he thought he was having a private conversation.
1: Well, and I'll say this, too. So I I mentioned earlier that I watched the Charles Lee uh, Facebook Live on Monday uh, and, and Charles played two portions of audio. Uh, that he had, and in that audio, it included his voice. Mm -hmm. Uh, It included some of the, the back and forth. Mm-hmm. And Charles was also cussing up the storm as well. So I mean, it's a, and if I'm not mistaken, I believe I believe at one point the mayor on there says, "I, I need to. I, I apologize. This is just the way I talk when, when I'm not in front of a camera or something along those lines." Mm-hmm. And uh, and Charles or right, somebody says, "Oh no, no, no problem, no problem, no problem," you know, mm-hmm. or whatever. And so you know that was uh, that. But you know, it just. The whole thing is really uh, is really a, a shame, you know, that we've we've gotten to this. And I tell you, man, there's still some things out there that that I that that raise questions for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and one of them is, you, you know, that who else was in this room with them? Yeah. Uh, and you know, both of them have said that only one other person was in this room, and I have it on pretty good authority. That, that is not even close to true. That there were up to five other people in this room. And including a couple of council people. Mm. Uh so I, I just, you know what I mean? I, I don't feel like we're getting a real straight story from anybody involved yet. And you know, maybe things will come out in the future uh that that will shed a lot more light on this. And uh, the other, the other problem that I really have with this is that you didn't get the whole audio. And, and when you don't get the whole audio of something or the whole recording it's because somebody doesn't want you to hear a portion of it for whatever reason that might be. Mm-hmm. And, and I, so there's something else at play with this. I would think uh, that, that, that makes it to where, you know, they, they didn't want this thing released in full, because of something that was said, maybe was it a shakedown attempt on tape? I, I, I you know, I don't know that we don't have yeah. it. Or yeah. was it just uh, uh, the fact that other people can be heard and they don't want their names out there? I, I don't mm. I don't know that either. You know, could it be could, be,
2: could be political strategy being discussed in yeah. some way, shape or form. It mean, could be they're, that,
1: they're, just, yeah. uh, you know, it could be as simple as I just don't want my name associated with this.
2: Could be. could be could so, be but I again, I think, um, and I don't know what 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 you know I don't and maybe you know since you've talked to him, but I don't know what Stephen Reed's uh reason would be from not uh fully disclosing who was there I don't either. Uh, you know I, I um, you know, but it seems to me like. Well, you know what, if he's filed charges, if he has filed charges against Mr. Lee, Mm -hmm. then I would imagine all of that's going to come out. Yeah. It's going to come out. Who was there? uh, And, and, and I would assume that, you know, the full unedited version of the tape is going to come out. And, um, you know, so if it's going to all come out anyway, I mean, to me, that's all the more reason for Stephen Reed. And I go back to my original contention. You know, and I like the guy, so I'm not saying this is somebody who's who's gunning for him. I'm not gunning for him at all, but but I just think this is all the more reason for him to just say Josh or Josh and David or whomever. Mm -hmm. You know, let's sit down, and I'm going to flesh out the whole thing for you. I'm going to paint you the complete picture, as far as I'm concerned, and um, and then um, and let the chips fall where they may.
1: Yeah, I uh it'll be interesting to see um yeah, I, like I said, I you know, we had a long long conversation about everything uh yesterday and and about uh you know, just uh, the the tape uh you know, the what he said at the different portions uh, uh on there. Um it, nothing was really significantly different than what he said uh, all along during the press conference uh and and at other times. Uh nothing really changed out of that but we
2: do know there's more to it though and that's my point even yes. though yeah. even though nothing may have changed between what he said on the press conference and what we heard on the tape we know there's more to it
1: yes no no, no. i'm not saying that i'm not saying you're wrong at all mm-hmm. i'm saying what i'm saying is is you know we we talked about this it, 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 it's so it's very, that's what i'm saying it's very hard though to go in uh on this when when you don't know as the person asking the questions you don't have any more uh Context or even more recordings than this uh, to, to, you know there, there's only so much you can press you know what i mean uh there's a, you know because you don't have anything in your pocket to say well, how about this? You know what I right. mean? And, and, right. so, you know, like, I, I love, I love that, you know, to, uh, to, to set people up with a question and get them to lie <laughs> and then say, well, what about this then? You know, it's, it's my go-to. Uh, but it, I don't, I didn't have that, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't have any, anything yeah. else. Everything that we know is out, uh, is out right now. And so we're just waiting on other pieces to fall in which I've been told another piece may fall today. So we'll see. Mm. Uh, but, um, Um, you know, I I just so which is great because it could make this whole conversation we've had, you know, basically, you know, make
2: it it, obsolete. Yeah, yeah. But let me let me ask you this. So, I, you know, when you and I were texting about this earlier this week, I jokingly mm -hmm. said, "Well, it was it was not entirely joking, actually." I said to you it that it would have been better that that tape coming out was really bad and Mm -hmm. it would have been better if he had been caught with hookers. Yes. I mean, I was, I was being tongue in cheek when I said that, but I was also serious. I think Mm -hmm. a sex scandal would have been better in terms of the, in terms of, uh, Reed's relationship to the black community as Mm -hmm. the first African American male. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, or first African American mayor, I'm sorry. Uh, to be elected it just is not this tape does not as it currently stands it doesn't present him in the best light as a black man leading montgomery which mm-hmm. is a black city uh you disagree with my with my uh no. in cheek statement there
1: no, I do not. Matter of fact, I said I told you I agreed with you. Um, and um, uh, I think you're right. It, uh, there, there are a lot of scandals that he could have undertaken uh, that would be much more favorable to him uh, in terms of uh, of his future political career, you know, uh, uh, you know, a, a lot of different things, Yeah, you know, embezzling money out of the place over there would have been better for him than this, you know? And, uh, uh, a uh, matter of fact, the conversation that, that I had just prior to you sending me that was with, with Bill Britt at, at APR. And, and we were talking about, uh, Marion Barry, uh, Ooh. you know, who had that whole incident caught on tape with the crack pipe and all this stuff and what was going on and then was reelected, you know, and and it was because that he didn't betray his constituency. You know, he had a, he had a failing, a personal failing, but right. he didn't have, he didn't have this thing where, you know, it is perceived as though, he was turning his back on his constituency. And uh, and that's the way this was presented. Now, you know, Reid Reed says that's not at all what was happening, that, that this was a, a response and anger to a threat. And and so I, and I think it's fair to take him at that until we hear the context uh, of the whole thing. It's because I, that and the reason it's fair, let me be clear, the reason it's fair is because that's certainly a plausible explanation for this okay it's a plausible explanation to say that this guy said this thing and i'm like man f you i don't need anybody you know or you know and and so um that's uh you know that's reasonable to say that but at the same time a hundred percent you're right if it had been some other normal political scandal he would have been much better off much better off
2: yeah
1: so um all right um you want to uh, do a, do a couple of other little small, uh, not small things, but a couple of other things before we uh, slide out of here. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Uh, one thing we got, we'll do one thing and then the uh, the right wing nut. Who who is our right wing nut going to be? Uh, uh,
2: let me pull up his name. Um, he's the guy who presented the abortion. Uh, who's yeah. trying to get abortion back under the homicide laws of Alabama? Uh, well, not back under, but he's trying to put it. Right. under there so that uh that that basically that women who get abortions will uh can be charged with homicide yarborough uh what's his first name here um,
0: from daddy yarborough
2: trinity. of trinity yeah
0: trinity yeah.
1: yeah the big mecca of trinity <laughs> um yeah uh, well I, I tell you what, before we get to him there's one mm-hmm. th- other thing i wanted to bring up and that is the situation with the alabama basketball team Mm, um, yeah, yeah uh, Brandon yeah. Miller, Darius Miles, uh, uh, Nate Oates, and and what has happened over the course of the last several days, in which they had a preliminary hearing on I believe Tuesday, and it came out during that that uh, Darius Miles, who has ultimately been charged, I believe, as an accessory to murder, um, at, for his role in what took place on the uh, right off campus uh, in Tuscaloosa, in which. Uh, someone he was in a car with shot and killed uh, a young mother. And um, it came out during this preliminary hearing that the gun that was used was actually for a period of time, apparently in the possession of Brandon Miller, who's a star of that Alabama basketball team and for all the world looks like a lottery pick. Uh, in the NBA draft coming up, so mm-hmm. basically a future multi-millionaire, and uh, he was texted. Uh, Darius Miles well, texted uh, Miller, asked him to bring the gun to him, and and apparently did. Uh, Miller brought, took the gun to him, and that ended his involvement. Uh, after this came out, uh, Nate Oates was asked about this at a press conference, and which he said, which he responded, "Yeah, we've known about that for for." since the very beginning, that's old news. Uh, you know, just, uh, you know, Miller's at the wrong place, wrong time.
0: Hmm.
1: No, hmm. no, yeah. no, no, no. You know, they're, they're clowns running around. Clay Travis is one of them. So talking about how Brandon Miller should be charged. Stop it. If you think that how, where in the world did you get a law degree from? I mean, stop that. You, you can't, he, 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 it, the, the gun was not his. It was apparently Darius Miles' gun. Uh, it was in uh, apparently in Miller's possession or in his car or whatever, wherever it was. He, he got a text from somebody to bring this thing to them and he took it to them. Everything about that was legal. Okay. It was somebody else's weapon, it was somebody else's property. He took it to him he was ne- it was never illegal for him to possess it. It was never illegal for him to give it to to the owner to the rightful owner of it and as long he didn't have any idea that they were going to go out and shoot people now, now how do we he, know that? he probably had a pretty good i don't I'm, I'm not saying even if he did if i don't even know what his culpability would be if he did know it if he did think that they were going to be involved in a gunfight or there, there was going to be gunplay at, at, at some time later that evening. I don't even know if he would be held in, in any sort of legal, uh, have any sort of legal responsibility in that because well, I mean, he, he can't know what the, it's, for, it's not his property. If, he, if it had been his, I think maybe that changes things. Okay. Mm-hmm. But simply having this, it, it's like saying, all right, let, let's, let's forget it's a gun. Okay. Let's forget it's a gun. Let's say it's a bat. Let's say it's a bat mm-hmm. and somebody says, hey, we might get into it with some people. I left my bat in your car. Can you bring it to me? Would we be discussing charging somebody for taking the bat to the guy?
2: Well, I'm not a lawyer, but it seems to me that and, in, 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 uh, you know, that there is there's a there's a legal concept that involves people being cited as accessories Mm -hmm. before the fact and after the fact. And I'm, again, I'm not an attorney, but I think it all hinges on uh, something that we don't, we probably don't know at this point, which is what did he know? You know, uh, now, you know, assuming that, that it was just a, he perceived it to just be a routine request Hey, you got my gun, man. Give me my gun back. Or, Mm -hmm. or, or, you know, or something along that line, then yeah, I would, I would, I would side with you on that. But I just, but my question is, do we know what he knew?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, it's my understanding Mm -hmm. that this incident that took place was a fairly spontaneous sort of thing Mm -hmm. that took place. Mm -hmm. So I don't I, – while they may have felt like they might be in some danger
2: mm-hmm. or,
1: or that they needed some sort of protection uh, from what was going to take place or what might take place later, I don't know that there's any way that you could say he was aware of this. You know so what I mean? It, it's not, I, I don't think anybody said, we're going to go out and kill a young mother on the strip here. Uh, bring me my gun. You know what right. I mean?
2: Right. So I would say then in, 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 in light of the fact that we don't know what he knew, Mm -hmm. uh, I would say, uh, our concern probably is then the bigger question is what kind of, is there a, is there a gun culture at the university of Alabama or, or more specifically among the university of Alabama basketball team? Mm-hmm. that is um that's dangerous is 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 there a gun culture there that is uh criminal that is uh you know I'll just use a common word that's gangster i mean is mm-hmm. that what we're dealing with here or are we dealing with an isolated incident where you know you've got you know several young men who've made some questionable and and ultimately criminal choices yeah. You know, is that what we're is that what we're dealing with?
1: Well, I it sure seemed like everybody was really comfortable, didn't it? With that with the with the gun and with what was taking place and mm-hmm. um it, it sure does seem like everybody was you know, why why? What what in the world, man? What in the world are you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, if you are that kid, what in the world are you doing? Out with out with them, and doing this. And my God, if you are Nate Oates, how do you set up there and tell people first of all that you've known about this from the very beginning? Mm-hmm. That this kid has not missed a second of playing time over it, mm-hmm. and 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 you just just so dismissive of it. I know he came back later and apologized and said, you know, his uh, hated that his words you know made it seem like. This or that, and he's tried to choose them very carefully, uh, and and I get the wanting to protect your your player, wanting to protect sure. your guys thing. Sure, but I mean, man, you you can't that they you gotta send up. You've got an opportunity here uh, to to take some some young kids and and to help them learn and grow. And this ain't it, man. This ain't it. This is not you. You've got. I, I, even if there's not a, a gun problem within the team, there was for a period of time. No, yeah. we know that for damn sure that there yeah. was for a period of time. You've got, you've got to take that and say, we're going to set an example here uh, of what's going on, uh, you know, of how we're and that. Alabama team will be fine. You could have, you could have suspended this kid for a couple of weeks for, for making dumb decisions and making sure that he is, he has his head on, right. Uh, you know, going forward and to, and to send a message to everybody else that it doesn't matter, you know, how, how good you are at basketball, but if you do dumb things, there are consequences. And you've got one guy that's sitting in prison right now. And, and you had another guy that was involved in this, a third teammate there that apparently a lot of the stuff ended up at his apartment later, uh, clothing and, and the, and the weapon itself. Now it said he wasn't there, but I mean, what, come on y'all. Yeah, you
2: know? I mean it's the kind of stuff, honestly. That if we weren't talking about star collegiate athletes, or at least uh, you know one or two star collegiate athletes, we if this was a, if this was a just a regular, if these are just regular young black men, mm-hmm. you know, average young black men, I guarantee you. Probably all three or four of them would be locked up
1: right now. Oh yes, absolutely they would be.
2: Yes, yeah. absolutely they They'd would be, be locked up right now. So it's, it's it's a problem, and and I, you know, again, I don't I don't have any knowledge of who did what to whom or who pulled the trigger or anything like that. But it does sound as though at the very least. Uh, you had some some young men who made some really bad decisions that night that led to the the tragic, horrible death of a young woman, mm-hmm. uh, killing, murder of a young woman, and that you had a coach who, as you're saying, really mishandled this whole situation.
1: Yeah, yeah, and listen, this is people will will make this as a as a Auburn, Alabama thing. I don't give a shit about that. Even right. That. This is right. Uh, honestly what I see here. Are are some uh, some some young black kids who are are still involved in in a world that they should not be involved in anymore, and they have an opportunity right now. They have an opportunity to get out of that, to get out of that, and it's Nate Oates's job and the University of Alabama's job, just the same as it is with Auburn and Bruce Pearl and uh, Hugh Freeze and uh, and everybody else associated with these universities. When you take these kids in like this. It is your responsibility to help them grow and to make sure that they are better when they leave you. And this yes, is right. not, you're, you're not doing that. All right. This is not, mm. this is not helping them in that way. And I, I just, it, it just, man, when, when he said that the other day, oh, God bless it, just, Oh yeah. Uh, you know, it just, uh, I, I just, I couldn't, you know, and, and I i don't dislike Nate notes. I, I think he's done a great job with that program and uh, you know, and I, I just, I think that, it, it it just flies in the face of everything. It, it, to me for, for outside looking in, it kind of ruins the image uh, of, of that program and, and what he's doing. Uh, that it, 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 it it seems as though it gives the perception that it's, it's placing winning above pretty much everything else. Mm -hmm. Um, and including, and winning, not above, you know, not above anything other than, making sure that you're, you're, you're doing what's right for those kids. And mm-hmm. I, I, just don't, I just don't think that – I think they failed in that regard in, in this. So, yeah. Which is me. Uh, and speaking of failing, back to Ernie Ernie Yarborough, who wants to uh, put the abortion law – which we're, we're not prosecuting women, David. I don't know if you know this or not. Uh, we're not prosecuting women. That's what we've said over and over, yep. what our attorney general has said. That's yep. what all of our lawmakers said. We're not prosecuting women. This is not an attack on women.
2: That's what the law itself says. Yeah. Yep.
1: Unless you're Ernie. Hmm. Unless you're Ernie. Ernie Yeah. Ernie Yarbrough wants to make it a homicide. uh, No matter, no matter how you're doing it, what you're doing. Um, We got, I had a lady nearly die earlier this week uh, because she couldn't get uh, treated at the hospital uh, for a a problem pregnancy. And so, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's what we're doing. It's what we're doing.
2: yeah. I just I mean to me <clears throat> he's usher he's trying to usher in a an era in American life that would be um profoundly uh profoundly tragic and also frightening. Um, the idea that you would, you know, I mean, it's just wrong on so many levels. And and mm-hmm. I'd say the the most obvious level is uh, you know, uh, there are many, many reasons, uh, medical reasons, clinical reasons, why a woman uh, could need an abortion. And and that's still not part of this discussion the way it needs to be. So to then criminalize that choice uh, is just, it's chilling to me. Uh, and then I'm not even going to get into the fact that we're talking also about a choice that, you know, uh, should really be between a woman and her doctor, yep. you know, a choice about something that happens that's happening inside a woman's body. So now yep. we've got the government trying to legislate what goes on inside of a person's body and then not only legislate it, but then on top of that, you know, add a criminal element to it. It's just disturbing on a lot of levels. I. I it's not this is not the kind of America, the kind of Alabama that I would want to live in, quite honestly
1: well, you know as they, as they say on the Republican side of things, these are choices that should be made between a woman, a doctor, and her local political official um, so uh you know listen, no but these sorts of things we know what they are they're they're a headline grab for uh, a politician who who can't. Produce good legislation, who, who doesn't understand enough about the process and about the needs of the people to actually produce a good piece of legislation. It's no different than Barry Moore's dumbass putting up a bill to make the AR 15 America's official gun. You know, I mean, these are things they're meant to grab headlines for a little while uh, and to seek out attention and, you know, and to get their name out there so they can. I, I don't know. Go to pancake breakfasts and set, tell people you know how wonderful they are. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's really, it's it, it's a waste of time and a and a, um and and really that's about the best way you could probably describe Ernie Yarbrough. A waste of time. All right, uh, this has not been one though. I hope you have enjoyed uh, the entirety of this bad boy. We give it to you for free, uh, so I don't know why you wouldn't. Uh, mm-hmm. You get all of us and. John Pavlovitz. I mean, <laughs> I mean, come on, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, all right. Till next week. Y'all be safe out there.
2: Peace.